we're so blessed by our worship, aren't we? We just thank the Lord. Just incredible anointing. This is the year of truth, and God has given us a word. The word is truth for the year. And in this, he spoke about a return of the sign of Jonah. And I really believe that this was a sign that has been so overlooked in the church. But it's the sign that Jesus said would be the sign he would give to a lost world. See, believers will have many signs that we're told about in the book of Revelation. But for this lost world, Jesus says in Luke eleven twenty nine and 30, As the crowd swelled even more, Jesus went on to say, How evil is this generation? Doesn't that ring a bell? For when you demand a mighty display of power, simply to prove who I am, you demonstrate your unbelief. The only sign that will be given to you will be a repeat of the miracle of Jonah. For in the same way Jonah became a sign to the people of Nineveh, so the Son of Man will be a sign to this generation. We're continuing in this journey of understanding the repeat of the miracle of Jonah, the sign of Jonah that Jesus said would be the sign in this time in history. And I believe Jonah himself is represents the church in this prophetic season we're in. So please open your Bibles to Jonah chapter 2. I'm going to pick up in verse 9. And I want us to look at our responsibility to let our voice become transformed into the voice of truth. Jonah... Chapter 2, beginning in verse 9. Holy Spirit, we are so grateful for all that you give us. And so in this moment, reveal yourself. Open our eyes to the truth. Open our ears. Prepare our hearts for what you want to share with us. Your glory, Jesus. Amen. Jonah says, But I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving that which I have vowed I will pay. Salvation is from the Lord. Then the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah up onto the dry land. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and proclaim to it the proclamation which I am going to tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, a three days walk. Then Jonah began to go through the city one day's walk, and he cried out and said, Yet forty days and Nineveh will be overthrown. Amen. Hence the word. I believe in this season of history, in this new era, God has a new wine He wants to pour into His church. But it requires us to become a new wineskin in the sign of Jonah. 
And that wine is the wine of truth. In fact, it's the best wine that he saved for last. The first shall be last, and the last shall be first. The very first miracle of Jesus You know what it is. Turning water into wine. And that miracle always struck me of having some depth of meaning, some depth of understanding beyond anything we've ever seen before. And and I believe this miracle, when Jesus turned the water into wine, the act became the first one that revealed who he truly was. Today, I believe the truth is to become that same miracle. And I, and I believe that because the issue today that we face is lies have become like water. They're so common that they're thought to be truth. We're, 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 we're in a sea of lies, and, and, and water, water of lies, it's, it's a flood of lies on the earth today. So common to be the truth, like evolution, a right to choose, all roads lead to heaven, we're entitled to everything, same-sex marriage, gender is fluid, and so many more things. These lies have become so common, they need to be radically transformed and replaced with truth. It requires a repeat of Jesus Turning water, turning water into a completely different substance. There's a new wine that Jesus wants to pour in to the church, his bride. It's the best wine that he saved for last. But it requires us to become a new wine skin. And this is the next part of the story of Jonah and what he did next. But this miracle Jesus performed of turning water into wine began in John chapter 2, verse 5. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Verse 7, Jesus said to them, fill up the water pots so so they filled them up to the brim. In verse 9, when the head waiter tasted the water, which had become wine, they did not know where it came from. But the servants who had drawn the water knew. And the head waiter called the bridegroom, and he said to them, Every man serves the good wine first. When the people have drunk freely, then he serves the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine for now. That word to become, it means to replace. It literally means to come into existence. Out of nothing. The wine replaced the water. The wine that was given to those in a matter. Listen, it was wine that was given to those in a way that they could receive it. In this world today, God wants to give us the truth in a way that this corrupted, full of lies world can receive it. 
what worked 20 years ago is not going to work so good today. We must become a new wineskin for a new wine. This is what happened with Jonah in the belly of the fish. He had a transformation. And it's what must happen to us. The best wine was given to the guests. Even though some of them were already drunk. Did you ever wonder why Jesus did that? Why did he serve wine to drunk people? I mean, you know, yet on the surface it's like, I believe it's because of this to prove that the lies that have become like water that people drank to the point where they're drunk on lies are the ones he wants to serve the truth. He's saving the best wine for last. Here's the point today. Jesus is calling his church to perform this miracle. Of all the miracles that Jesus did, and Jesus said, you will do what I have done. Have you ever thought about turning the water into wine? Probably never got on your list, huh? But Jesus said, you will do what I have done. All of this. This prophetic act that seems so strange at the beginning of his ministry becomes this powerful, profound, prophetic word to the church of what I believe it wants the church to do. The church's voice has been mostly silent, the church has lost its voice. We've stopped speaking in the public square. We've stopped speaking in the political arena. We've been silent. We've been in the belly of the building with our voices. Talking about a lot of stuff in here, but as soon as it goes out there, silence. And look at what the voice of lies is, is yelling lies. Intimidating the church. Intimidating people. The enemy is having a heyday, speaking lies and half-truths and perversions. A great flood again, but this is the enemy's flood, a sea of lies. So much so that the world is walking in so many lies. It's time to turn that water into wine. We must become the truth, the best wine at the end, which will become the first wine at the wedding feast, the wine of truth. It happens when a revelation of the truth meets boldness in you and you speak it out. Truth is what's missing in a world that's hearing the voice of stagnant, lie-infested water. 
They'll never find the living water. They're in the lie, the, the, the lies of it. I believe we have an assignment. And I believe no matter what you think about Trump, God is using him to try to get the church's attention. You ever wonder why? He'll say something and you'll say, I was thinking that. I was thinking that. It's it's God trying to wake up the church and say, then say it. Why are you thinking it? I'm I'm, going to use him to say it until you start saying it. Say the truth. Speak the truth. What are we for? What is it that we need to say? There's a new wine. It's the best wine yet. The greatest news of the gospel. But he needs a new wineskin to pour it into. A church that's willing to lay down the old ways and pick up his ways that aren't our ways. To give ourselves to becoming His voice again. Lord, help us. Help us, Lord. Help us to become Your voice again. Help us to break out of the realms of fear and intimidation and pick up Your sword again. And when you're surrounded with people that you know don't think the way you think about so many things that are so perverted, would you be the one, the Jonah he'll call to speak to the Ninevites? In our class today, we were talking about how things have changed and We're talking about the LBGTQ agenda that gender is fluid. A man is not really a man, and a woman's not really a woman. You can be anything, combination you want, and everything's interchangeable. It doesn't mean anything. And we were talking about when we were kids, the even thought of that would be so ridiculous to even imagine. It would be be ridiculous. I mean, it's like, that's the funniest thing. And now, don't you dare say anything against me. Nineveh was a great city, the Bible says. Nineveh was a place of great power, influence. The voice of lies had controlled every aspect of it. You can't have that kind of perversion without that kind of lies that have been infested themselves into the hearts of man and woman. It was a great city, but it was full of lies. Full of those that spoke lies every day, every minute, until everyone was convinced of the lies. And God wanted to send one man in. And here we are. A retweet of the sign and the miracle of Jonah. 
God is calling you and I back into the public square to be His voice in a world that needs the truth. But now, because we've waited so long, truth has to truly be a sword in the natural realm. Because speaking truth in the natural will be considered in many cases as evil or homophobic or acts of aggression or against cultural norms or act of you know, aggression. But if not us, then who? If not now, then when? What Jonah did next is what I believe the church is to do next. Because there's a new wine. It's the wine of truth. It's a, it's a truth being rebirthed, reset, called into action. But it requires you and I to be a wineskin capable of, of that wine being poured in so it can be poured out. And Jonah's example tells us how. Because God is calling you and I to be His voice. He's calling you and I to be His voice. He needs us to be His voice. Once again, let me ask you, where is He calling you to be His voice? When no one else in the room will. It's obvious what's happening to us. Maybe not as much to the world, but to us. But everybody knows something's going on. What did Jonah do to be his voice? The first thing he did is he gave God permission to use his voice. You and I got to give God permission again to use our voice. God is waiting not only for the church to repent as Jonah did, but to do what Jonah did next. Listen, this will be a sacrifice. Your voice now must become a sacrifice unto the Lord. You and I must be a sacrifice of voice. We are a sacrifice of praise. Now it requires a sacrifice of our voice. Do you see where we are in history? Jonah says in verse 9, I will sacrifice to you. He knew it was a sacrifice to go into that great city and declare the truth. With all the obstacles, with all the things that are overwhelming him, with, with a city so perverted and so mighty in the little old Jonah, I'm sure he thought all kinds of things. We know that he thought that they weren't worthy of being saved, but we also don't have far to imagine being human what he thought would be awaiting him. And this new wineskin to get this new wine of truth, this new assignment of truth to engage this world will require you and I to give God permission to use our voice as a sacrifice unto him. sacrifice my voice to you, he says. Will you? Will I? 
I will sacrifice my voice to you. I will no longer determine to speak the truth based on what people might think of me, based on what might come at me, based on what I see on TV. I will become a sacrifice of truth. That's how far we've come. It's what was so easy to say. Now requires a sacrifice. Sacrifice of pride. Sacrifice on me. Sacrifice how people think of us. Sacrifice some relationships, possibly. That's what we preach and we know. Today, not 10 years ago, not 20 years ago, not 30 years ago, not 50 years ago, when it was everywhere. It's out of the schools. It's out of the high schools. It's out of the colleges. It's being purged from the English language systematically. There's a new wine. It's the wine of truth. But for God to pour, it's the best wine. He saved for last. You shall know the truth. And the truth will set you free. But this best wine that he saved for the end until he returns is a truth that needs to invade the very drinking water of the people that drink every day lives. It needs to invade it in a way that it's naturally supernatural. So drunk on lies that he'll insert this wine of truth so powerfully that they'll taste and see that the Lord is good. But it is more than saying, use me, God. Use me. That's not enough. I will sacrifice my voice. I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving that which I have vowed I will pay. Salvation is from the Lord. See, the first step for him to use your voice in this time in history, in this new era, in this billion soul harvest, because his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. As far as the east is from the west, his ways and his thoughts are from ours. God wants to use you. To be his voice, but it will require today, like it never has before in our, in, our, in our parents' generation, a sacrifice. We read about in other nations today, but now it is coming to our nation. Jonah said, I will sacrifice my voice to be your voice. No matter what people think of me, no matter what they say about me, no matter what my friends, how I'll be categorized, marginalized, kicked to the curb. I will sacrifice my voice to be your voice. I make a vow with my voice to be your voice of truth. Church, we must make the vow that Jonah made. 
It is beyond praying for courage. It is beyond praying for boldness. We need courage. We need boldness. But neither are good in our lives if we're not willing to sacrifice ourselves. This alone will break off the fear of man wherever it is. It is facing us, church. It's right here. It is saying, don't, I dare you to speak the truth now. Isn't it? I dare you to defy that gender is not fluid. If not us, then who? If not now, then when? Lord, I will sacrifice my voice to you. Then Jonah, to be his voice, listened for specific instructions, church. This season of history is so different when it comes to the truth. God is giving specific assignments with the truth to you and to me. It's not a one-size-fits-all. The billion-soul harvest, the nameless, faceless generation means that all of us are in the game. All of us have specific assignments, specific people in our lives that we speak the truth in love, always in love, always in love, but that we're to be in their lives, specific places where to go, specific people where to see, specific situations where to enter into. As part of the sacrifice is to listen for the specific. Sacrifice means specific instructions from God. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. The specific instruction (laughs) is where your sacrifice of your voice, listen, will become an altar unto the Lord. A place where you speak. Because like Jonah, God had prepared Nineveh. He couldn't see it. He couldn't understand it. And where God is sending you, listen, where God is sending you, the harvest is ready. You're not going to see it. You're not going to know it. You're not going to understand it, but he does. Jonah waited for specific instructions. And listen, <coughs> as soon as he, sacri- he declared, I will sacrifice my voice to be your truth, what happened? The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. This is a truth. This is a guarantee from the Lord, I believe. When you give him permission to be his voice and say, I sacrifice my voice before you, you will hear the word of the Lord. You'll hear it. It will come to you again. Arise and go to Nineveh, the great city. Listen, and proclaim to it 
the proclamation which I'm going to tell you. The Lord says, I want you to go there, and I'm going to give you specific instructions, specific things to tell them. That is the key to this new wine. It's the best last. Its instructions are so specific. couple of words and salvation will come. You won't have to threat, fret over it. You won't have to worry about what you need to say. You just need to be available to be that sacrifice to God. And he will give you the words to say, I'm going to tell you what to say, Jonah. I'm sending you there and I'm going to tell you very specifically What to say? Listen for specific instructions. Don't go in guns a-blazing. Wait for God to speak to you. This is a matter of time and prayer and in His Word. But God is calling you. How is He calling you? Where is He calling you? A lot of times it's what you're fearing the most. It's where He's sending you. If you have anxiety about something that you know you're to do, but you can't seem to get there to do it, that's probably where he's sending you. Because that's the battle. The battle belongs to the Lord. Victory is secured. Once you say, I will sacrifice my voice, then you need to sacrifice your ears to listen for specific instruction. He will tell you what to say. He will tell you when to say it. And He will tell you how to say it. That was a word given to me. The prophet spoke to me and said, Samuel, you know your assignment is to the least of these, but there's a new anointing coming on you, and God will tell you what to say, when to say it, and how to say it. And I believe that is exactly, that is exactly what God is doing to you and to me. To be His voice, go where He tells you to go. Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, a three days walk. Listen, say what he tells you to say. Go where he tells you to go. Listen, there's a place he wants you to go. There's a task he wants you to do. There's a thing that he's calling you into in this season to be his voice. Where is it he's calling you? What is it he's calling you to? world is waiting for you. The harvest is waiting for you. There's, there's a, a section of the harvest that is your field to pick. That's ripe. Listen, God said the billion soul harvest is now. That means it's now. That means it's you. That means it's me. That means it's now. The only question 
Which field do you pick in? See, because God had a field, and there were some that had been picking in that field all day, and then halfway through the day, there were others that came, and he said, can I get to work? He goes, yeah, you go over here. And then almost at the last hour, other came in and started picking, and they all got the same reward. I don't know where we are in that, but I do know he's waiting for you to say, put me in, coach. Where do you want me to go? Where is God calling you to be his slave? Where? Where is he calling you to be his slave? A specific place. See, to be his voice, he wants you and I to be his voice. He's calling us to make a difference with our voice. And here's the final thing. Jonah says, God says to Jonah in verse 4, when Jonah began to go through the city one day's walk, he cried out and said, yet 40 days and Nineveh will be overthrown. What a, I mean, that just seems so simplistic after all that Jonah went through, right? I won't do it. Runs away, gets in a ship, has a shipwreck. Gets th- I mean, get the ship almost gets shipwrecked. Gets thrown overboard. Gets in the belly of a whale. Gets vomited on shore. All that to say four words. <laughs> Yet 40 days and Nineveh will be overthrown. And then the most miraculous thing happens. The people fell to their knees. The people fell to their knees. And fasted and broke out. God is going to, God is going to give you something to say to somebody. It's going to seem so simplistic. It's going to seem so simple. That's it. I mean, I, when I read this and I was thinking of Jonah, I was thinking Jonah would have this prepared 18-page speech. He'd have to speak out to them. After all, he ran away and God got his attention and all that happened to him. It must have been some huge eight-point sermon he had him to do and simply just says one, two, three, four, five, six, seven words. God has something for you to say. It may be in a poem. By the way, if you do poetry, I invite you to join what poems the Lord gave me, but I I, I know there are many poets out there. It may be in your poetry. It may be in your painting. It may be in your dancing. It it may be in your singing. It may be in your filmmaking. It it may be just you speaking. But this time in history is like a, a new wine. It's a Truth is, is like a new wine. I'm using that metaphor because it's truth is so powerful, so it penetrates. Jesus says, I am the truth. He was saying, when, the, when, when it said the word became flesh, truth became flesh. Truth is flesh once again. That's you and me. And it won't take many words. 
for the if we're a new wineskin. Doing the things that God calls us to do, you will be surprised how few words you'll need to say. If you become his sacrifice, if you listen for specific instructions, if you go where he calls you to go, and you do it and say it. He has something to say, and he has it to say through you. Do you believe it? Everyone in this room, he has something to say, and he has it to say through you. Not me, yes, you, time for us as a body, as a church, and I pray whoever sees this online it's a call to the church to perform the first miracle of Jesus once again to turn the water of lies into the wine of truth out of the water came Jonah from the belly of a fish Out of the living water comes his church. But we got to get out the belly of the four walls of church buildings out there. Church, it's time for us to perform the first miracle once again. Because God has saved the best truth for last. It's a new wine and a new era. It's a new way to speak the truth in love. It's a, it's a new season in this new era of truth. Would you worship? Tell the Lord yes. Break through whatever stands in the way. I believe all over this room, God is speaking to you specifically what you need to do. Say yes to 